Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole. Today, we're going to talk about a simple question that sometimes has very confusing answers depending on how you approach it. And that question is, how much will it cost for me to retire? I see this a lot because I come across people who maybe they have a healthy income. Say they're making $200,000 a year, $300,000 a year, whatever it is. And they approach a retirement and they think that in order for them to be able to retire, they somehow need to have their investments recreate that $200,000 or $300,000 per year if they want to maintain the same lifestyle. Now, the good news is that's not the case. Your investments very rarely have to create every dollar of income that you have today from your salary in order for you to maintain the same standard of living in retirement. So what we're going to talk about today is how to figure out how much it's going to cost for you to retire. We're going to do so by understanding two different approaches to knowing how much you need to spend each month. One of these approaches, it will take a little bit more work, but it's a lot more accurate. The other is pretty simple. And if you just want a very basic way to get very close, a very close approximation to how much you actually need to spend to retire, I'm going to give you an approach where you may have that answer in maybe 10, 20 minutes. So it's not as precise, but it will get you very close. So let's jump in. The two approaches are as follows. Number one is what I call a bottom-up approach. The bottom-up approach, it's the more precise of the two approaches, but it's also a little bit more complex. And here's how that approach works is it's literally going through each expense category and you're adding up whatever your expense will be. So for example, you're going to look at your budget, not necessarily today, but in retirement, and you're going to say, okay, how much do I need to spend on housing? Whether that's mortgage or rent, add up things like maintenance, add up things like your gardener, add up things like property taxes or insurance. Take a look at all those different expenses that you may have under the housing category and total them up. Next, you go to something like utilities. Add up what's your electricity bill going to be, what's your gas bill going to be, what's your water, trash, internet, etc. Really take a look at those expenses, again, not with an eye so much for how much am I spending today, although that's a good starting point, but really understanding when you retire and when life looks different, what might those expenses be then? Some other categories. What are you going to spend on food and groceries? What are you going to spend on entertainment? What are you going to spend on clothing, insurance, etc.? One thing that I'll do is I'll actually include a budget summary in the show notes here. So if you want that, head over to the Ready for Retirement website, click on the show notes for this episode, and there'll be a link to where you can actually get a budget summary in the show notes here. Because when the challenge is, okay, James, that's great, but tell me the different categories. Tell me what expenses I should be thinking about, and that spreadsheet will have all of that. So this bottom-up approach, what you do is you take an eye at all these expenses, you understand what they are today, but again, more importantly, what will they be in retirement? And then it's simple arithmetic. Add up all those expenses, and that's going to give you a very clear idea of what will your monthly income need to be in order to generate those expenses or be able to meet those living expenses throughout retirement. Now, one thing you'll need to take into account with this is one-off expenses. One thing that trips a lot of us up is we say, okay, James, here's my budget for housing and utilities and food and entertainment and clothing, and we have that number and it's perfect and we're so excited to finally have a budget but then some large expense comes up. Maybe it's property taxes. Maybe it's Christmas gifts. Maybe it's birthday gifts. Maybe it's a car repair that you need to fund. Maybe it's that trip that you want to be taking. So the starting point is understanding what recurring monthly expenses do you need to plan for, but then you also need to take into account the one-off expenses. Those are things like travel, 
Those are things like car purchases. Those are things like gifts. Those are things like property taxes, car repairs, et cetera, et cetera. And it's those one-off expenses that we don't pay every month. So oftentimes we forget about them until it comes time to pay for them. So once you've taken a look to see what will your monthly expenses be, the next exercise you want to do is say, what are these one-off expenses I'll have each year? So for example, if you want to spend, I'll use a very easy example, $12,000 per year on travel, well, that comes out to $1,000 per month. You're not actually taking a trip each month that costs $1,000, but let's say you take two trips per year and they each cost $6,000. Well, by adding that extra $1,000 per month into your budget, it gives you that clearer sense of how much is it going to cost on a monthly basis on average for you to be able to meet and maintain your living expense needs. So once you add up your recurring monthly expenses plus those one-off expenses, those two numbers together, that's going to give you the amount of income you need to meet your living expenses. Again, we're doing this with an eye not on today, but on retirement, and that's going to give you a very close estimation. Now, this number is definitely an after-tax amount. So say you add all that up and it comes out to $10,000 per month. I'm just going to use an example. Well, that's great, but the reality is when you have income coming in, most of that income, depending on where it's coming from, is likely going to be taxed. Now, it's going to be taxed differently, whether it's from Social Security or dividends or IRAs or Roth IRAs. All these different types of income will be taxed differently. But what I'm also going to do is I'm going to provide a link in the show notes that gives a link to tax rates, both federal tax rates as well as state tax rates. Because if you have $10,000 worth of expenses on average each month in retirement, the next step, the final step is to really understand how much income do you need before taxes so that after you pay taxes, you're left with that $10,000 per month. So I'll link to those in the show notes. But just as a summary, the bottom-up approach, it's a lot more analytical. It's a lot more detailed. You're actually going in line by line, looking at past bank statements, past credit card statements as a starting point, but then understanding how will those expenses change or adjust throughout retirement so that you can come up with a very, very accurate retirement budget that gives you an idea of how much do you actually need to generate when you're retired. Okay, so that's the bottom-up approach. The next approach is called the top-down approach. And the top-down approach, it's a lot more simple. It will take you a lot less time. And really, it gives you a pretty accurate starting point as you're just trying to get an initial grasp over how much is it going to cost for you to be able to retire. So here's how the top-down approach works. You start by taking a look at your income today, and then you just remove the things that won't be there in retirement. So while the bottom-up approach, approach number one that we talked about, it was primarily focused, it was entirely focused, I should say, on your expenses. The top-down approach, though, you're starting with your income. Because the goal is to really understand how much of your income is actually needed to support you. So when you do this, you can look at gross income, but then you have to back out things like taxes, 401k contributions, other deductions. It's usually simpler to start looking at your net, which is what you're actually living on anyways. So for example, let's say you earn $250,000 per year. Most people, they look at that and say, oh my gosh, I can't retire. How am I going to replace $250,000 a year just from investment income? The good news is you don't need to. You may feel like you need to replace that $250,000 per year, but look at this. If you're earning $250,000 per year, your net income, so the amount you actually take home in your paycheck, might be closer to $10,000 per month. Why is that? Well, of that $250,000, maybe you're contributing to your 401k. There's taxes that you're paying, and there's other payroll deductions. There's other things like that. So let's start with how much are you actually living on because that's the amount that's clearly allowing you to do everything that you want to do. 
if you want to maintain your lifestyle throughout retirement, we'll look at that net number each month to see what amount is actually coming in that's then allowing you to go spend money on the things that you want to spend money on. So looking at this approach again, or this example again, assume the net amount is $10,000 per month in this example. Well, then from there, we can actually back out some of the things that will go away. Let's assume that today you have a mortgage and that mortgage payment's $3,000 per month, but that mortgage is going to be paid off in a couple of years by the time that you retire. Well, great. If we back out that 3000 now all of a sudden the 10000 per month that you're living on, really you just need $7,000 per month to live on to maintain the same lifestyle. You're no longer paying that $3,000 to the bank, so that expense or that income need disappears. Let's also assume that while you're approaching retirement, you're saving $1,000 per month to your investment account. So this isn't to a 401k because keep in mind that net income of $10,000 in this example, that's already after your 401k contribution's gone in. So in some regards, that's already been backed out of this. But let's assume that you're saving $1,000 per month to a separate investment account for retirement. And by the time you retire, there's really no need to save for retirement anymore. You've done all the saving. It's now time to live on that savings. So if expenses were $7,000 per month after we backed out the mortgage, now we can back out the additional $1,000. Again, there's no need to continue saving because you're just saving from one account to another, but it defeats the purpose when you're actually in retirement. So really now you're down to $6,000 per month. And on top of that, let's assume that you're, you're sending $500 per month to a child who recently graduated college. I'm just making up examples here. So that child recently graduated, they're getting their first job, you're still sending them $500 per month to help with rent or to help with expenses or whatever it may be. But let's assume that in a couple few years, your child's gonna be financially independent and there's no longer that need to send 500 per month. Well, now we can take that 6,000, which again is a 10,000 minus the mortgage, minus the savings of 1,000 per month, and we can back out that 500. So what we do there is now that 6,000 turns to 5,500, and what that tells us is even though your top income, your gross income was $250,000, it's really only $5,500 per month that you're actually spending on yourself to maintain your lifestyle. So if your goal is simply to maintain lifestyle throughout retirement, well, great. You've just solved in a very basic way for how much income you need to replace your salary. And no, it's not $250,000 per year. It's really only $5,500 per month, which comes out to $66,000 per year. So some examples of things that you can back out. You can back out things like mortgage if your mortgage is going to be paid off by the time that you retire. If your mortgage won't be paid off, well, you can't back it out because you're going to need to keep paying for it even once you're done working. You can back out retirement savings. And again, these are just retirement savings that aren't already backed out of your net income. So if you have a 401k or 403b or payroll deferrals, those are already factored out when we look at your net income. So don't back those out. But if you're saving to Roth IRAs or if you're saving to other investment accounts with your take-home income, you can back those out of your budget or out of your analysis here because those will go away in retirement. If there's any family support, whether it's kids or grandkids or whatever it may be, if that's not going to continue into retirement, you can back that out. Term life insurance policies. If you retire and you discover that you are self-insured just based upon the amount of investments and savings that you have, you may find you don't need those life insurance policies anymore, so you can cancel them. Look at things like gas. You'll still pay for gas, but if you have a long commute, maybe you pay a lot less. Dry cleaning. There's all these different examples that you can look at of things that are expenses today, and they're part of your normal budget today, but when you retire, how will those expenses change? And for any of those expenses that will go away or, or even just be reduced, make sure that you back those out of your budget so you can get a clear, accurate picture of how much is it that you're actually spending on yourself 
to allow you to do the basics, to put food on the table, to pay the bills, to pay the utilities, do some of the fun things that you want to do, but don't continue planning for a mortgage if that mortgage won't be there or for retirement savings since you'll no longer need it at that point. So that's the starting point from the top-down approach is take a look at what's your income today and back out the expenses that won't be there. Pretty straightforward. The next step though is you do need to make sure you're adding in certain expenses. So that showed you what amount of your net income you're actually spending on yourself today. But then when you retire, there might be additional expenses that we need to add in. In the same way we took some expenses out, other expenses will now be there. Insurance or Medicare is oftentimes a big one. You may be working at a job and you have a corporate policy that pays all of your insurance. That's great, but that's not going to be there in retirement. So maybe you need to budget in an amount that you're going to pay for insurance or Medicare if you're over 65. Travel is probably not included in your monthly budget. So say your monthly budget, you need to spend 5000 per month on your basic recurring expenses. Well, if that doesn't include travel, make sure that you're adding in an additional amount for travel. Maybe you want extra fun money. So if you're retired, you now have all day, every day to treat it like it's a Saturday. You might want to have some extra money, just not necessarily for anything in particular, but just to be able to go out and do whatever you want to do. Maybe it's a golf membership. Maybe it's whatever. But take a look at expenses that you want to have in retirement. And really you do that by understanding what does an ideal retirement look like for you? What does a successful outcome look like for you? And then once you have that vision of what you want to be doing, understand what that's going to cost, whether it's travel or golf or, or seeing family more often, other hobbies, make sure you add a line item into your budget to understand or to incorporate how much you need to be planning for those expenses with. So that's a summary of the top-down approach. It's pretty simple. You can do this in 10 to 20 minutes if you take a look at your net income today. So just look at your pay stubs today, see how much is actually coming into your bank account, and then simply remove some of the expenses that won't be there. Mortgage is typically a big one. Kids' college sometimes is typically a big one. Term life insurance, family support, things like that are typically the biggest ones. So take those out if they'll no longer be applicable in retirement, and then add back in the things that you want to make sure you can do more of when you're actually retired. So here's some considerations for both those approaches. Whether you want the very detailed analytical bottom-up approach of starting with every single expense and building to a full-blown retirement budget, or you want the more basic top-down approach, either way, here are three considerations that you need to take into account. Number one, will expenses stay the same or vary? So you might retire and you're one of retirement, you might have a certain budget, but is that budget going to stay the same every year? For example, a lot of people, they might want to travel a lot when they first retire, but they understand that they're going to travel maybe for 10 or 15 years when they have their health, they have the resources. But when you get into your late 70s or 80s or whenever it may be, you may not want to travel as much. So maybe you add in a certain amount for travel for the first 10, 15, 20 years, but maybe that amount tapers off over time. Do you want to be funding grandkids college? If that's the case, great, but that's not going to be a permanent expense forever. Or what if you do retire with a mortgage? That will be paid off at some point. So as you're looking at this budget, yes, have a starting number for what will year one of retirement cost, but also see will this budget fluctuate over time, either going up or going down, as some expenses stay the same, while other expenses may vary. That's consideration number one. Consideration number two is inflation. So the budgeting approach that we just took a look at, that's looking at expenses as they are today. So if you were to be retired today, what would it cost to do so? These exercises we just went through would give you a very clear picture of that. But now you need to factor in inflation. And inflation historically has averaged 2.5%, 3%, but not all expenses are inflated at the same amount. I Meaning not all expenses go up in cost each year by the same amount. 
You look at things like healthcare costs, those have increased significantly more than the two and a half to three percent that inflation has. While you look at a mortgage payment, if you go into retirement with a mortgage, if it's a fixed mortgage, that cost won't go up at all. So take a look at your expenses, but also understand, will these expenses rise with inflation? Will they rise higher than inflation? Or will inflation not impact some of these? So you get a clear idea of not only what are expenses day one of retirement, but how will those expenses change over time? And then the third consideration is taxes and understanding that taxes aren't necessarily going to be consistent throughout retirement. You may retire and you may have a very clear idea of how much you're going to owe in taxes based upon the income you want to generate and based upon where that income is going to come from. But those taxes could go up or down based upon future tax policy. So just make sure that that's a consideration you've you've looked at of understanding how would your expenses change? How would your retirement projections change if taxes were to go up or down in the future? So that's a high level approach of the easier ways to understand how much will it cost to retire. It doesn't require you replacing dollar for dollar every bit of your income today. Really, it starts with understanding what expenses do you actually need to maintain going into retirement. You can do that with a bottom-up approach. You can do that with a top-down approach. But whatever way you do it, do also make sure that you're considering how expenses will change over time, how inflation will change over time, and understanding the impact that taxes could have on all that. That's all I've got for today. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to episode number seven of the Ready for Retirement podcast. To see the show notes and the resources that I talked about today from today's episode, please head over to the Ready for Retirement website. That can be found at readyforretirement.co. That's readyforretirement.co. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show. A new episode will be released each week, and by subscribing, you'll be notified each time that happens. And this show is designed to answer your questions about retirement. So if you have a question, chances are good you're not the only one. Head over to the Ready for Retirement website. Again, that's readyforretirement.co. And there's a page there called Submit Your Question where you can submit a question that I will answer in a future episode. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Hey, everyone. It's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.